Welcome to the Talent Rebelcast, Chats with Smart People. My name is Elaine Bailey, and I'm here with my co-host, Tracy Parsons. In this series, you're going to be hearing from some big thinkers in the talent space who we've invited just to come in and have a chat. Unlike anything else you've heard before, we are not prescripted. We don't have a plan for where this conversation is going, and it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle up and join us. Let's get started. Hello, Tracy. How are you? This fine morning. I believe it's morning. I haven't it looked remains outside morning. Yet, yeah, it, it, it remains morning. It does. It is Friday. It is Friday morning. It is time to light the ceremonial candle for Friday. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Ceremonial candle be lit now. So we're good. Okay. We, we may good. pause now. Well, that's awesome because we are doing one of our episodes with smart people. We have a super smart person this week. I know. I know. I'm yeah. so excited. I know. I'm so excited. Okay. I, 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 we were just talking about how we feel like this makes us so legit and we promise not to be like too off the rails. We're going to try really hard. That's so, a bold statement. Um, right so there. Tracy, I mean, I'm going to let you do, I'm going to let intense. you, I know, I'm going to let you do the honors. Could you introduce us all? I would what, love to. So it is, is, it is 100% my pleasure to have the amazing, the remarkable, the ever-talented Gina Killy joining us today on the Rebelcast. I have known of Jean for, I'm not going to say how long because it's just, it's just too much um, because then it makes me look like a stalker, but I've, <laughs> I've known, I've known um, her amazingness for, for many, many years. And I've just gotten to know her a lot more over the past two years with some relationships I have with partners at Pando Logic and um, with our work at WorkDrive. And it is my honor and distinct pleasure to welcome Jean Achille to our podcast today. Hi, Jean. Good morning, ladies. My gosh, no pressure after that kind of introduction. I, um, I I'm, <laughs> What a great day. This, this Friday is starting off wonderful. And this is a judgment-free zone, that. so we're, we're happy about it. Hey, completely, completely. All four of our listeners are completely tuned in. Okay. Let's see. Your mother, my mother. Yeah, yeah. Oh, honey, my mom would exactly. be able to figure out a podcast even better. I know. I know. I've even tried to send my mom the link and she's like, what is that? I right, right. I, I don't know. know. Yeah. You know, my husband's know. family for years thought I was a flight attendant because I traveled so much <gasps> on business. So the only thing they could figure out is I traveled. So I must be a flight attendant. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's fabulous. After a and while, I just so nodded fun. my head and played like, along. Sure. Yeah, sure. It was, whatever. Yeah. That's fine, too. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I used to travel a lot um, for work, and I also used to work overseas quite a bit, right? So I, I had, like, different jobs overseas. And so my family was convinced that I was some sort of spy. There oh. you go. For a while. <laughs> right. Because that would be the only thing that would make sense. Because the only logical I obviously... How could I go places? And also, I they could not understand for the life of me, life of them, what I did. So it must be like it's all made up. It's not real. You were yeah, like true. the James Bond of HR technology. If only. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> 007. That's we're gonna. That's what we're calling. To start calling. You. <laughs> I love it. 007. 005. So, I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. Got it. You have a license to chill. Oh, that was bad. That was that so was bad. bad. That was so oh, bad. That's a Jimmy Buffett song, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, Jean, will you, in case there are of our four listeners who who are not aware of your brilliance, do you mind telling everybody listening, you know, about what about you, about what you do, and how you consistently push the women 
forward in our industry, which is one of the things I love about you. Yeah. Well, thank you. And that's something I am very passionate about. My whole career has been in tech. You know, I came into the workplace back in the days where it was kind of check the box. If you had a woman working at the company, they were like, oh, we've met our goals. You know, we have this one woman. <laughs> so I would, I have been in technology my entire career, basically because my dad told me I could do and be anything I wanted to. And I believed that. I took that very literally. So, you know, my career has had some real highs and some real lows. Boy, there have been times where I've been incredibly uncomfortable being the only woman, you know, on senior staff or what have you. Years ago, though, my, my career took me into HR technology. I worked for a company called Insi, which was the granddaddy of the HRMS back in the days when we were on the mainframe. So I really go way, way back, almost like that Chevy Nova that we've talked about. So, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, twists and turns. And I, I ran product management at Ceridian for years. I, I ran marketing for a business unit of Nortel, you know, kind of earned my, my street cred, so to speak. And all along the way, I would observe how broken public relations was. Anything that deals with a lot of people, of course, requires, has a lot of moving parts. I decided to start a PR agency with absolutely no background in it. Here we are, fast forward 28 years later. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Yay! Uh, that's I mean, what that's I do. So huge. 28 years. Uh, 28 years. Yep. I run the Devon Group. I'm, I'm like delighted every day because there's so much to do and learn and so energizing. You know, one of uh, our clients is the HR Technology Conference. And uh, mm, probably about five or six years ago, they gave me the opportunity to run the Women in HR Tech Summit, which uh, not only have I gotten to lift up here in the US and build a great community of all the brilliant women in HR Tech. But I also get to do that in Singapore. So I get to do it in the APAC region as well. You know how you look back at things and that you're really proud of? This is something I'm really proud of. And, and of course, I just see it growing and growing and growing and have so much possibility. And I'm always excited to program our next show. And that, of course, will be in the fall in Las Vegas. So we'll be back together again. So that's a little bit about me. Okay, but don't you have an upcoming I virtual? I do. I actually, um, my relationship with the conference has expanded and I am the program chair of our virtual event. I was the program chair last year. I'm also the program chair this year. And um, I'm really excited about our virtual event. We have great keynotes, great, great, exciting keynotes um, and a terrific program. But uh, dare I say, maybe I am the first woman to be chair of a major HR technology conference ever. So that's something else that I'm really proud of. You know, this has not been an easy journey, as we all right? know, as women in tech. But yeah, very excited. And it's so funny you would say that because I just had one of those moments yesterday. So I, you know what it's like starting a business, Jean. You've started Devon Group, right? So yes. And there are these ebbs and flows of success and failure and trying and working. And, but you layer in some of the just nonsensical sexism. And I had a moment yesterday where I just had to walk away from my computer because there's a local investment kind of incubator here in Columbus. And they actually years ago um, approached me 
about CredHive coming into their incubator. And so they put me in their portfolio of companies. Like they approached me. I was like, I don't really, I'm fine. Like this is going fine. And so, no, 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 you need us. I'm like, okay. And then they kicked me out, right? Like then they're like, well, we don't like, and and it went. And, and I remember pitching to this group and I'm pitching to this guy who's like, no judgment on the older white gentleman in the audience, but he was like 68. And he heard my pitch about CredHive, which was reimagining the resume as Visual Anonymous. He just raised his hand. He's like, why wouldn't I just post my job on the ladders? And I just looked at him. Oh, my God. So, And then another guy was like, well, tell me, you know, you have one child. I was like, okay, how do you know that? Why are, what's happening here? So, so why would that be anybody's business? Why does that matter? So fast forward to yesterday when they they were just promoting another one of their portfolio companies on LinkedIn. And I happen to have a relationship with one of these companies and I love them and I think they're great. But at the same time, it's like, do you even know what we're doing over here? Yeah. Do you yeah. even care? Like, and it, it, all of these things hearkened back to me. Like when they called me to have me come be part of their, it's like when, it's like when a recruiter calls somebody and they're like, we want you to apply for this job. And then they're like, they ghost you. Right. So it's like, yes. I can't. Right. So yesterday I had a mini meltdown. I just wanted to share that with the listeners. I'm with you. It's just nonsensical. Well, I I think this week in particular, everyone I've spoken with is um, we all are, are coming back into a new calendar year. Everyone's very excited. And then expectations are not meeting reality. And that's part of the problem. I mean, it's been a tough start to, to 2022. It really has. Um, But I love what you're talking about, Tracy, because this is something that really sticks in my craw, and that is the packaging, the gender disparity. I have have two quick stories. One, uh, you know, as CEO of Devon, I've had the pleasure of supporting many global organizations, many startups as well. And I remember one time we were in a meeting in our when we had offices. We we don't we don't do the office thing anymore. We're not in love with real estate anymore. But when we had offices, and um, you know, we had these people come in from a very prominent brand and uh, sit in our conference room, and they kept saying to me, "Well, we can't start the meeting until your CEO comes in." All right, they were all guys, and I'm like, "Yeah, we should wait." For the CEO. I, I, I just sat there. I Did played along. Really? like, yeah, we should wait for the CEO. Totally <laughs> oh, my God. That guy's hilarious. not showing up today. And then the other, you know, quick story is <laughs> I remember years ago being at a venture capital event. So this is similar to what you're talking about, Tracy, where at that time I represented one of the hottest companies. This is going back to the days when e-commerce was starting to take off. One of our clients was this bright, shiny star. I went up to a very prominent VC at a networking event, and he was so dismissive of me. It was painful. I had some of my colleagues with me, so they observed the way he treated me, and it was very uncomfortable. And I I really had to bite my tongue to be very professional. Well, fast forward, that company went through a brilliant IPO. I mean, brilliant, one of the most successful IPOs ever. And next time he saw me, he was like, well, why didn't you ever tell me about your client? (laughs) Yeah, you missed that boat, dude. So there's some of that 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 we just have to contend with. And it's an overlay that just makes things harder sometimes. And it's crazy that we're at this place where we're still having these conversations about the difficulties. I think too often we get to a space where we're just so used to it 
It's just so much kind of part of the norm, but it had just kind of what we expect our experience to be that we don't even realize it's not okay anymore. All of these ways to deal with it, where really we should be saying bullshit on all of it. I love what, I love what you just said about we develop, we develop workarounds because we anticipate Uh that we're going to be treated differently. Everything about that is wrong. I mean, if you were, if you were mentoring someone you would not want them to have this experience. Even your children, you would not want them to be having this experience. So why is it, why do we still put up with this? It's fascinating because both of you know that that my business partner at WorkDrive is my husband. When we are in meetings occasionally with customers and we're working on features and we're doing things, they will occasionally just go directly and yes. ask Steve how something right. works. And Steve will just stop and not say a word and he was like, I'm pretty sure you should be asking Tracy because she's the one who developed this whole idea, this whole concept. She's actually the architect behind this. So she knows the answer. And right. the number of times I'll give them the answer, like how the search algorithm works, like I'll tell them exactly how the search algorithm works. And then they'll ask Steve, they'll say what I just said and ask Steve, they heard something wrong. He's like, no, no, exactly what she said is correct, right? So, so they look to him for validation of, right. uh, oh my gosh. And it's so frustrating. That's so insulting. Too. Like, he's like, what? you cannot yeah. sit here and insult my business partner. Like, this exactly. is absurd. Exactly. Um, it's real. And to your point, Alin, the fact that we yeah. have workarounds mentally already yes. prepared is the upsetting yeah. thing. But on the bright side, We are seeing an uptick in women in technology, right? So there's an upcoming SHRM Workplace Challenge Cup. I'm getting Mm -hmm. it all wrong. Yes, yes. Um, There's a Better Workplaces Challenge Cup. Yes. And um, WorkDrive is part of that. But I saw a lot of women founders on that Exactly. And it made me so happy. And when I went to Pitch Fest, there were so many women founders involved in that. It was joyful. You're starting to see this, this tide turn and you're seeing it. This is what I'm going to raise a red flag about. You're seeing it in startups that we've got to pay attention to who of those startups get invested in to see where we can get those unicorns. Because right now, the last time I checked, there are 13. There's probably more now. HR tech unicorns when I looked in, in October and only one of them had a woman on a phone. Exactly. Yes. We've got to be paying attention to how we're elevating because we've, we're starting with a strong pool. That feeder community is your startup community. Take a look at your Fortune 500. It, you expand that to your Global 2000. And I guarantee you pop open those leadership team pages and you're still looking at mostly guys who probably have a very shared pedigree in terms of their college education. I was never part of that. Like I didn't go to Harvard. You know, I put myself through college. I mean, like, you know, so, so you look at that to one extent with a little envy and a little longing and then but to the greater extent some anger like hey why do i get shut out of these you know clubs so to speak air quotes uh-huh. tracy i do think it's very optimistic uh, but i got to tell you i think a lot of us cleared a path <laughs> i think a lot of us you know l- like any any kind of change management a lot Agreed. of us cleared a path to make this happen i totally agree and i look to you as one of those path clearers right like I see what you've done with the HR tech community. And there are other women who keep pushing the envelope, like Madeline Lorano, like Sarah White. Like these women are literally laying the groundwork for us future, uh, the future 
entrepreneurs to really be successful. And I look at, you know, Jess Van Bank, who's also on it. Like you look at these women who are absolutely plowing the field to make sure that this gets better. Yes. And it is an iterative process. Yeah. Yeah. It's an iterative process. I mean, change never happens overnight. It has been hard. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, I mean, you know, and that's where the envy comes in, I guess, you know, I look at career pathing and I look at, it's so much easier for some people. You know, I can remember sitting in an office for my performance review and having my boss literally say to me, I will not mention the employer, literally say to me, First of all, I don't approve of your lifestyle. And I was like, well, what lifestyle is that? And he was like, well, you have young children at home. You, you should be at home with them. So that was number one. And number two, I'm not going to pay you market value for what you're worth because you have a husband. So, you know, he's making money too. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know, so, so yeah. Yep, when, sir, well, sir yeah. you said that in your out loud voice. I, <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I don't know if you're aware. That was not your internal right. monologue. That was right. literally your right. out loud voice. That's on your whiteboard now, and yes. and and we can all see it. Yeah, you're out. That's out yeah. there. You said that. To but people. isn't that crazy? Holy and that's part of the path yeah. clearing. That's okay, part yeah. of the path clearing. You look back and you're like, "Wow, could I have achieved more? Could I have gone sure. further if oh. I didn't have to pull the albatross?" with me along the way. Yeah. And I, I can't tell you how many times I rage run to, <laughs> to Taylor Swift's the man, right? Yeah. So like I yeah. will literally right. rage run to the man and I will find myself going way faster to that song. <laughs> um, and then after the time, I'm like, what the hell happened here? It's, it's true. Like how much faster could I have gotten somewhere if I didn't have, to your point, the albatross that I was dragging behind me of somebody else's assessment of my abilities and skills exactly. based exactly. on my biology, right. based, on a, based on a chromosome. Oh, right. How small, how small of you. Uh, <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> you know, you know, Jean, you mentioned that you're getting, so how, how long have you been doing the um, women in tech in um, Asia? Is this new? No, it's well, it's relatively new. I had the good fortune of being there in person in 2019. That was the first year we did it. And then, of course, you know, virtual um, uh, over the past few years will be virtual again this year. But that was a fascinating experience because I had different expectations. And when I went there and we're in Singapore, so, you know, very cosmopolitan city, Mm -hmm. a lot of employers in Singapore. But when I looked out at our audience, it was 50-50 in terms of, of gender diversity. I pulled a couple of the guys out of the audience after some of the sessions. They were probably like, who is this you know, crazy American woman? But, <laughs> but I said, why, you know, why? Like, why are you sitting in the audience? What are, what are your expectations? And I pretty much got the same answer across the board. And that was, this is a safe space for me to learn about this. There's nowhere else for me to learn about what my female colleagues are going through and what are the programs we could design or what are the behaviors we could change. And I thought that was like so enlightened and self-aware to, you know, to opt in to sit through a women in HR tech summit. I was thrilled. I was just thrilled. I think I think there's so many of those situations where people just need to feel comfortable and accepted that they can be part of the learning experience and that, you know, they're not going to be ostracized in any way. I think that's fabulous. Actually, I'm fascinated to hear that. And I think that's absolutely fabulous. 
I've worked with um, uh, for quite a while. I've been working in the Asia market with um, a lot of women who are in that space. And I actually, when you said it wasn't what you expected to see, I I always thought maybe it might go down this path. I when I first started uh, working with my partners and my peers um, in Asia, I had an expectation for what their experience was and and how they would present themselves and how they would show up mm-hmm. in that space as, as women in in the technology space, just the women in the workplace. And I was amazed to find how almost progressive they were in terms of how they demonstrated their backbone and their strength and kind of this um, power that they exuded. I I found myself watching and and still watching and thinking, boy, I wish to a certain degree I I knew how to do that. There's a sense of power they seem to be pulling forward that I think is really unique to that environment. I don't know whether it is because they have to right? I I don't know whether that's the answer or whether it's a persona that they're taking on as they move into the workplace or or whether it's just a general sense of higher level of self-esteem as they walk into into those roles. But particularly my partners and peers coming out of India and Singapore, Malaysia, China, there's a, there's just a, there's something happening there, which I think is really interesting. Agree 100%. I was surprised when I started to program our 2019 event when I was doing my preliminary discussions with women executives in banking and in the technology industry, and I was so blown away by the level of esteem, self-esteem, and the level of expectations. So maybe they're not dragging the albatross behind them, <laughs> you know? Maybe right. maybe they're having a very different experience. I, I think we still have a lot of questioning of ourselves in this uh, in this environment. And maybe it's because we've felt to kind of have an experience where we're a little bit of an oddity still in certain settings and people call that out. And so I didn't see that in Singapore, at least, you know, I'm, I, I don't have your background. So, uh, you know, I haven't had your broad yeah. exposure throughout the that region, but I didn't observe that in the Singapore market, but I do observe it here in the U.S. I think there is still this novelty, especially in tech companies, you know, that Oh, we have, you know, a woman in a role other than traditional women in HR, or uh, maybe our CFO is a woman, you know, but, 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 but yeah, right. edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, CFO. Still, mm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Hey, did, hey, did you guys know that we have a woman as right. CFO? That's right. We like, let her. I know. We let I mean, her. We let her. We let her. That's oh, the other We let her. <laughs> oh, God. I oh, my God. That's so crazy. Maybe it's about like the age of the industry as well, right? I mean, it's just, we are right with, we have so much history and so much baggage that's just tied into where we're at. And I also think we just, we hide it. So we just, we, we attempt to hide it. I think our kind of Western culture likes to pretend that this is all taken care of. It's all fine. And again, we, and if we're, and if you're noisy about it, then you're, you know, shrill or, Again, there's all those labels oh, and if you yes, right. against it, you know, there's, and that's why a lot of people kind of stay quiet about it, but I'm, I'm kind of over it. And I think we all yeah. should be over it. I'm, I'm fascinated by the whole, like we hide it. I think this is something that has um, happened during the pandemic, not just for women in, in business, but in general, all of a sudden, a lot of cracks started to show um, yeah. all the things we were able to hide and make pretty and kind of smooth over all of a sudden those cracks started to show. And it's like when you 
have a diversity and inclusion program and you start to look at your numbers. Well, if you're looking at your numbers, you better do something about your numbers. It's similar to what we've experienced, uh, you know, just in business, in society with the pandemic. It's like, okay, there are these huge cracks. There are these huge inequities. People have had very different experiences throughout this. We have to be real. We, you know, you can't like have this in your face and do nothing about it. And I look at the, like, I look at the women exiting the workforce in 2020 yes, and 21, exactly. like the, the mass exodus. And even the last voice of the candidate report I ran for Q3, it was like, women aren't talking about looking for jobs anymore. Are they coming back? And it's fascinating to me that all of this is starting to really shine those, those glaring things. And I've had so many meetings over the course of the last year where people are really excited to show up to Zoom meetings without makeup on. It's that simple. Oh, yeah. right? And in like, their workout I, I, clothes. And in their workout clothes <laughs> yeah. and, their, and their high ponytails and stuff. Yes. Like, you know, yeah. you can show up how you are and, right. and that's accepted. And I will tell you, the number of times somebody has told me to, to smile more has definitely dropped off, which is nice. Um, this is nice. And I do, I am a very smiley person, but not all the time. And when the number of times he was like, you should smile. I'm like, you should mind your business. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Did your mother never teach you just to... Right. Yeah. Yeah. My mom, my mom said that you should smile more. And I was like, my mom said, don't talk to strangers. <laughs> Just saying. But it oh, is, it is interesting, goodness. all of the illuminating issues that we're having. But I think that the whole net of this is that we have a lot of people to thank for continuing, for clearing this path and continuing the path forward, Jean being one of them. And it's something that we cannot take our foot off the accelerator. Like it's, it's not enough. It's yeah. not enough. Right. Right. It's not enough. Right. When, when right. Susan, and I, when, yeah, it's just not enough. Yeah, we can't we can't keep walking away from it and, and just assuming that it's not happening um, out there. And I think, honestly, I've, you know, tracing my perspective on this one is that we've got to be not only in it, but we've got to be pushing it forward and saying really loudly, this is an issue and bringing women together to to kind of forge forward as, as we go down this path. Right. I, I think that that's the only way we do this. I think that we just all have to kind of stand up shoulder to shoulder and say, no, no. we're going, we're doing yeah. it as if. I love that. And I think that's happening. Years ago, women were very isolated and you kind of played your position in, uh, as an individual. There were instances where we didn't see women lifting up other women. And now we see this tremendous community. There's this fabric that brings all of us together. And I think that's one of the reasons the Women in HR Tech uh, Summit has been successful, because we want to be part of this. We want to network with each other. And, you know, Tracy, to your point, we do have, we had a, a mass exodus of talent leave the workplace because we've made it too difficult between, you know, no childcare, no educational systems, expectations at work. People have to make choices. They're going to make choices for their family over an employer. I don't care how, you know, what your employee engagement scores are. So yeah, we have a lot of things to fix. There's a lot of good, but there's a lot of stuff that needs to be fixed. And to the point, you can't pretend it's going to fix itself. You have to stay vigilant. I agree. That's absolutely correct. I think you're, I think you're dead on. I think I think the fact that we are in this environment that we are in today hopefully frees up more women to do exactly what you were talking about, Tracy and Jean, is show up as who they are. You know, there's so many facades, I think, that we we kind of took on and that we were playing roles in in order to be feel like we were being accepted. Those tools that we said we were talking about earlier that we just kind of created in order to make things simpler and easier for everybody else. 
So we went through that process. And I think the more people start, particularly women start to show up as they are and who they are without apologizing for that, right? Don't apologize for the fact that your hair is up and you're, you know, a messy ponytail and you just came back from a run. You don't have your makeup on yet, whatever. Right. Nobody asked the guy if he had that or that you're, you know, it's okay. It's okay if your toddler opens up the door for a second and asks a question and you can, and by the way, instead of apologizing for that for 15 minutes during the phone call, just deal with it and get back to business. And it becomes just part of the fabric of how we operate. And I think that's, that's what this new environment is going to allow us if we take it, but it requires us to kind of get a little, get a little bit of that backbone and say, I'm going to be who I am and show up with my sense of confidence. And then it just starts to become how work happens. I think that's important. Me on my rant, you know me, (laughs) off on yet another rant. It happens. Do you think there are other, like, as you're kind of looking at people who are coming in and wanting to to speak at the the Women in Tech Conference, as you're looking at um, the questions that you're you're getting in, Jean, do you feel like there's a momentum or a tide? Is there a change in the conversation happening? Or is it just uh, the same conversation maybe elevated? What a great question. Some of it is same old, same old. That's because people haven't yet taken the time to think differently about what's going on in the market. So the market has shifted. And so when I read the submissions that we get, the people who are still talking about the times, the heady times of 2018 and 2019, that's not relevant anymore. At this point in the game, I'm glad I don't hold a lot of, you know, holdings in commercial real estate or have to convince employees to come back to an office. I mean, so much has changed. So much has changed. Yeah. We're talking about a, a whole new world. So I think we have some interesting people coming into the mix. Some of them, ironically, are from the world of academia, which, you know, you wouldn't historically look there for advice in business, <laughs> but I've had some really interesting conversations with different research that's informing, you know, the go forward. So we're no longer in this buzzy future of work hashtag, uh, you know, <laughs> that I just like, Yay! oh my gosh, how so, to hear that. so vacuous, <laughs> so vacuous. <laughs> Let's put some substance behind this. I'm seeing some new voices come into the mix and I think that's exciting. So some of it is, you know, elevated conversations. Some of it's same old, same old. You won't see the same old, same old on my watch. I just won't go oh. there. Oh, it's, you. It's, yeah. <laughs> Bless Eugene. No, exactly. And I, I'm appreciative of that. And actually, it's one of the things I've always been appreciative of um, the Women in HR Tech Conference and the, and the, and the dialogue in the community that, that gets generated um, yeah. through that is hugely important. But I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting that you point to academia and what we're seeing there. I think there's, um, I would agree with you. There's, I'm going to throw a name at you probably already um, know of her. Um, if you chatted with Heather McGowan, Yes, um, she's fabulous. Yes, yes, fabulous, fascinating. We, a lot uh, of you people know, we, kind of out there in that space. Alan, we had her um, speak at a customer conference, virtual mm-hmm. customer conference. And when I first proposed her to the client, and, and I won't mention the client, but it would not have been intuitive for this company to have her. And she blew them away. Their customers were thrilled such because that's what we need we need these people who can look around corners and say you know you should be thinking about these things like don't let the train run you over for crying out loud you don't have to high right. marks 
And I'm using her as an example, but I, I think actually as one of the pluses that as, and I, you know, I don't want to be stereotypical as I say this, but I think one of the things that women in the workplace bring, um, and particularly women in, in, in our space, in the HR tech space or in the technology space in general, is this general sense of looking around, because we're always trying to understand where our place is and understand where what's happening next and how we're going to fit into this piece. We've developed this natural tendency to be able to look outside of ourselves and to see what is happening out there, right? And as we start to get better at translating that for others, I think we become a very powerful um, opportunity, a very powerful voice um, for companies to be listening to, right? Um, in this particular time, in this particular moment. Um, I'm hoping, I, right? Yeah, I think, what, that. I think what you just brought up is very interesting. I think women have always looked outside because mm-hmm. there's an element of psychological safety that we've had to be aware of. So isn't that interesting that hopefully we have a paradigm shift now where our experiences are now valuable in informing our communities and our constituents as we move forward. But if I look at the early stage of that kind of, you know, the 1.0, I do think there was an element of psychological safety where we had to always kind of be like looking around us to make sure we weren't walking into a situation that was untenable. Or an uncomfortable situation. So, right. yeah, it's, or preparing it's, it's ahead of time. What was we always kind of looking around the corner to say, how do I need to plan forward in order to be able to know how I'm going to kind of land this? Right. If you right. think about it, how many work decisions have any of us made? Where it may seem like a very basic work decision for most. Do I take this business trip? Do I try and find right. a way out of it and not take right. it? Right, right. Exactly. And how many times we've had to sit down and kind of do the pros and cons in our head around, what will the perception be? What's going to be the long-range implication of this? Exactly. What is the actual future of this project? So it's part of our natural instinct for how we have to manage our work life. And mm-hmm. I think bringing that to bear now is going to be very, very valuable for companies who haven't maybe always had to look around the corner the way the women, particularly women in leadership roles, have had to do yeah. As you're talking about that, I'm also thinking about how many times in our in our respective careers have we decided to leave an organization because we didn't feel like the opportunity matched with our, you know, our career aspirations, or we didn't feel like, and again, I'm using the term psychological safety, just in terms of where we can do our best work, you know, so so you actually leave organizations based on those decisions sometimes. And Tracy, I know that's very much in your wheelhouse. A hundred percent. And I I do want to point this out because you guys are talking about something that is very is very prominent discussion globally of the number of ways that women have to prepare to exist in the world. The volume of things that we have to process to simply exist in the world that men don't have to do. Right. 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 So how I go for a walk in the daytime where, you know what I'm saying? So that, and, and okay. Right. 100%. One of my daughters just said this to me. I I mentioned to her, I was going to go someplace over the weekend and she goes, Oh, that's the place where a woman was accosted jogging in that park. Please be careful. But what is interesting is this is the correlation. And maybe you guys have drawn this already, but I'm just, you know, maybe late to the party. But what you were just talking about, about how we are constantly looking around the room at work, wondering where the threats are, wondering what the next thing is, absolutely anticipating every possible outcome of every possible decision made by the 19 other people in the room. 
is directly rooted in how we were trained and raised as girls. So I just made this note. I'm like, somebody needs to study looking around personally and looking around at work. Like there is a correlation there and how women are uniquely positioned to not just be trend spotters, but also to absolutely read the room and make good decisions for the health and safety and welfare of not just themselves, but the business. What an asset that is. (laughs) What an untapped asset that is right there. Right. And you're right. This is near and dear to my heart, Jean, because one of the things that I am so excited about, about our tech is this this concept of internal equity. So like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier, like how we have this layer of startups that are you know, really focused, a lot more women in there. And same with like, you see all this DEI recruiting happening. Like we're bringing new diverse voices and faces and opinions into our organization. And then we never promote that. Like they right. never make it up the ladder. Right. And that's why like we don't focus, like we focus again, we focus on bringing in new voices, you know, switching people yep. to our, our company, yeah. but then not upgrading those diverse voices in their well, careers. Like, because there's the no belonging. Thing. We don't create belonging and we undervalue that. Like we don't understand how important the linkage is between the bringing them in and making sure people want to stay. It's right. not like these artificial programs that create belonging. You need to make people want to be part of the organization because you value them. You value their voice. You value their diversity. And and that level of that depth of sincerity is not there. It's not right. there yet. And look, when you create a belonging program, and I am using air quotes on mm-hmm. the create, when yeah. you create a belonging program, you are encouraging people to fit in. Fitting in is yes. not belonging. Exactly. Not and that is same. not diversity. That and is, that not, is diversity. not respecting yeah. diversity. Absolutely. We could just yep. literally go. We could talk Gene, for hours, ladies. Gene, you need to be a recurring <laughs> oh, yeah. partner. Yes, Absolutely. I'm saying. Yes. We need to yeah. make this, this a regular is, uh, because you are yeah. fabulous and we need to have these conversations. I know. <laughs> I, it's a great conversation. I'm, I'm enjoying it to no end. And I'm realizing the time is ticking by and I'm like, oh my goodness, we've gone for hours. <laughs> There's so much to talk about here um, and so many different little pieces. I think we just kind of teased out that make me want to go deeper and deeper into the, into the conversation. Thank you. For yeah, I've, I've added that. I've, I've added some notes to our, to our quarterly. Have show. you? Oh, good. <laughs> good. Adding more notes. Good. We're, we're learning to be prepared. It's a slow and address. I think that's part of the reason that we, we love not being prepared when we come into this conversation is that um, so much of our lives is looking out and trying to understand all the little things that are happening out there. Yes. We have one time a week get to come in and just talk about it. This is where the magic happens. (laughs) Exactly. Or sometimes it doesn't. "Ah, (laughs) That's true. There have been times when it hasn't. It's okay. Sometimes we We sing and talk about mom jeans. It's bad, right? Oh, that's bad. Okay. Glad I'm not there on that day. Although mom jeans was one of my favorite episodes. Which one? Mom the jeans. mom jeans. Oh, mom I jeans thought you were going to say our music, our musical. Oh, that was the worst. That was that was the worst. Yeah. Since we tried it all, we have no barrier. Well, to, I remember you know, the bourbon whatever. and whiskey episode, but I, I don't yeah. think I heard mom jeans. Oh, you know, yeah, it's oh, pretty early in, in the archives. You okay, it is a good one. It is a good one. Okay, that's when we only had. We only had two listeners then. So ah, see, I mean, okay, we but you're growing your audience. Audience development we is are. very important. To, yeah, we are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We're always shocked and surprised when somebody says, really? Oh, okay, great. I love glad. your podcast. I'm like, okay. what podcast? Oh, well, that's what makes us fun. Thank you so much, Dean. I appreciate it. So, okay. So 
the virtual conference is coming up. Is that, um, when, what, what's the date for that one? So it is March 1 through 4. And if you go to okay. hrtechconference.com, you'll find all the information and registration is complimentary. Ooh, get Ooh, over there. Even yes. better. I have to tell you, that's I, I get on my like little soapbox about this, but there is no reason in today's world, in this industry, that you cannot get information and get connected and learn more. There are so many opportunities like this. And Absolutely. I love that you guys are making it complimentary and getting people in the door just to start start thinking. Thinking is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Great. And so and, and the women in you? HR tech. Yeah. How can they find you? Oh, goodness. Um, well, you know, when you own a PR firm, you're all over the place. So I'm on, <laughs> uh, under my real name. Yeah, I don't have any pseudonym or anything. It's uh, I'm on Twitter as Gina Killy. I'm on LinkedIn as Gina Killy. My email is all over the place. It's J-E-A-N-N-E at DevonPR.com. And I love hearing from people. So please reach out. Awesome. Amazing. And as always, we want to hear what you guys have to say. Please do reach out and have a conversation. You can reach Tracy at T Parsons on the Twitter or me, Adeline Bailey. And of course, you can go to our website, the Talent Rebel Alliance, where we are going to continue to grow and expand. And we would love to get your voices in there. Thank you so much, everybody. Thanks, y'all. Have a good week. Bye. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoyed yourself. The Talent Rebel Cast is part of the Talent Rebel Alliance. It's a movement connecting strong, independent, bossy, and, well, sometimes feisty women in the talent industry. Together, we're on a mission to grow our ideas, our presence, our value, and our impact. Smart women connecting with smart women to support each other. It's as simple as that. We believe big things happen from simple ideas. If you want to join the Talent Rebel Alliance, come on over and check out our website at talentrebelalliance.com. We hope to hear from you soon. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.